All right, we're continuing on in the book of Mark this morning. Made it to chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. It's kind of toward the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew's first, and then Mark's right after that. Mark chapter 4. We'll look at the first 12 verses today. Jesus is going to be sharing a parable, and we won't, we won't break down the meaning of the parable today. We'll just kind of talk about the parable itself and the meaning of, of parables, not in particularly this parable, but just parables in general. Matt, uh, Mark chapter 4, while everybody's turning to that, I forgot one good praise report, and it just totally slipped my mind thinking about all the shoebox stuff, but uh, we had a wonderful uh, fish plate sale this past week. God really blessed those efforts. I want to thank everybody that bought fish plates to help us with that. Uh, those monies are going to help pay for our trip to Dallas that we're going to be taking at the end of the year to work on the shoe boxes. Uh, we ended up selling 270 fish plates. Uh, we made $1,341 profit, and so that's going to cover most of the expenses that we were going to have for that trip. So I want to thank everybody for that and praise the Lord for a good day. It was hot, uh, but we had a lot of good workers. I appreciate everybody coming and, and, and doing all that hard work and, and, and taking that heat, and uh, praise the Lord. He blessed those efforts for us. All right, Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Again he began to teach by the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him. So he got into a boat on the sea and sat down while the, while the whole crowd was on the shore facing the sea. He taught them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, this occurred. Some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up right away, since it didn't have deep soil. When the sun came, when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it didn't have a root, it withered. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it didn't produce a crop. Still others fell on good ground, and produced a crop that increased thirty, sixty, and one hundred times what was sown. Then he said, anyone who has ears to hear should listen. When he was alone with the twelve, those who were around him asked him about the parables. He answered them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside everything comes in parables, so that they may look and look, yet not perceive. They may listen and listen, yet not understand. Otherwise, they might turn back and be forgiven. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words. I pray that you help my mind to be focused on your words as I preach and teach today. That you recall to my mind what you want me to say to these people. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us. That you just hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, and help our eyes and our ears and our hearts to be open. God, that we do hear what your word says, that we do know and understand what it means, and when we don't, dear Lord, that we seek you to find the answers so that you can tell us the truth that you want us to know. God, I pray 
that your Holy Spirit be among us today. I pray that Jesus Christ is glorified in this place. God, I pray that if there are some who have missed Jesus throughout all these years of their life, that today their eyes would be opened, dear Lord, that they would see, that they would see what's there in plain sight that maybe they've overlooked all these years, and that is the love of Jesus Christ. And so I pray, God, that you humble my pride, that you take away any nerves, dear Lord, and that you help me to be bold in preaching and teaching your word today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Now, Jesus spoke many times in parables throughout the gospel accounts that we see of Jesus. Now, when we think about parables, we, we may first think a parable is a way to explain something that's difficult in an easy way for us to understand. And I believe that that is true. I believe that that's part of the reason why parables are used, because we do understand things that we can connect with. If we can connect a, a something that we do in our life uh, with, with, with something that we can uh, relate to as something that's spiritual, uh, then we sometimes can understand those things better. I think that that's part of the reason why parables were used. Uh, but here in this text, we have another reason why parables were used. And that, it may seem like a, a reason that doesn't make sense, but that is in some way to keep things hidden from people. Now, when Jesus came and began to preach and teach and do the things that he was doing, some people saw it. They saw, look, this is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. We're going to listen to what he says because what he is saying to us is right stuff. It's from God. It's things that we need to hear. Other people, they saw and heard the same things that Jesus did, yet even seeing and hearing them, they missed the point of what Jesus was saying and what Jesus was doing. Now, here's a picture on the screen here, and you can see some of you may have already spotted there's a bird there sitting on that limb. Others of you haven't seen that bird. Now, for some of you, it's, it's right there. You say, oh, there's a bird sitting there. For others of you, it's hidden, but it's still in plain sight. The picture is there for all. It's the same picture for all to see, but not all see it. Some of you may have to look a little harder to see it. But now that you know it's there and you're looking for it and you're seeking that bird, well, you can probably find it. Now, if you hadn't found it by now, don't look for it the rest of the service. You can come up at the end and look for it, because else you'll, you, won't miss, you won't get anything else. But, but, but most of you... You've probably seen those books. They were real popular when I was a kid, a teenager. And it just looks like a bunch of random nothing on a page. But it's a hidden picture in there. And if you really focus, if you really look for what's there, you can see this image emerge from all these just random dots that look like nothing. If you really look hard. Now for some people, they may look at that and say, that ain't a picture of a penguin, that's a bunch of junk. And they might walk on their way. They don't look close enough to see. Others will say, well, boy, that says there's a penguin there. Well, surely they wouldn't lie and print this book. There's got, I must just be missing it. I know there's something there that I want to see, and I don't see it, but I want to see it. I want to understand it. And you look, and you look, and you look, and then you say, oh, there's a penguin. And then the next person next to you says, there ain't a penguin on that page. So we get that there are sometimes things that are in plain sight, but yet that are still hidden. And that's kind of what the parables did. The parables kind of kind of filtered out those who really wanted to seek and understand and know the Word of God and those who were really going to follow Jesus and listen to what He had to say and those who were just going to just kind of, kind of fling it off and throw it to the side and go on about their way and not listen to what Jesus had to say. Now, when we talk about parables, it may be kind of hard for us at first, at first read 
uh, to, to, to fully put ourselves in the same boat, so to speak, as these people were in. I say that because most of us have probably read through some of the Bible, if not all of the Bible. We've probably read a lot of parables, but the difference is, is that instantly we have the, we have the answer to the parable. We may have heard these parables taught in Sunday school, or we may have heard them preached, or we may have read them ourselves, but we instantly know what the meaning of the parable is because it's explained to us. But what we need to do is kind of put ourselves in the mindset of the original hearer. Now, when they heard these things, they hadn't been reading the Bible for 20 years. It, it wasn't obvious to them always what the parable meant. Now, this parable that we read today, while we won't break it down in what it means this week, Lord willing, we'll do that next week, most of you read this and instantly you think, oh, I know what this seed is that fell on this soil. I know what this means. I know what this spiritual thing is. I know what, how this relates to this. And we kind of fill in those blanks, at least some of us do, because we've read this parable. But we have to remember when we read it, if we really want to understand what, what was going on with the people that heard it, we have to pretend like we've never heard it before. <coughs> And so to kind of help us, a little, a little exercise to help us understand what it would be like to hear a parable that maybe had some spiritual insight that we had never heard, I have come up with a little parable that I will read to you this morning. Now, I'm not pretending to be Jesus or as, as clever as Jesus in my parables, but at least this may kind of get your brain to thinking and, and see if this makes any sense to you when I read this parable that I have written, similar to the same uh, idea of what Jesus was talking about here. It goes like this. A farmer, worn out from working the ground, goes down to the co-op and upon arriving discovers a shovel. Seeing that the shovel is good for breaking through hard ground, he is thrilled to get it. The farmer then obtains some seed, a water hose, and some fertilizer and returns home anxious to reap his crop. Anyone who has ears should listen. Now, you don't know what the parable means. So you hear that, and that's exactly what these people of Jesus' day would have said. Well, I get there's probably something there, because Jesus is this great teacher. We believe that he's from God, and he's telling us this stuff about crops. There's probably something to this story, but I don't quite get what it is. Now, you could say the same thing about this parable that I just said. Well, he's a preacher. He stands up and he preaches about Jesus. There's probably some spiritual insight that we're supposed to take from this farmer who got a shovel. But without me being here to reveal to you what the meaning of the parable is, you're probably not going to get the meaning of the parable. Now, you may could have picked out some things in there. You may have could have connected some dots. But if I tell you what the parable means, then you can say, oh, okay, I see the connection. Now, here's what the parable means. The parable here that we're talking about, the man who is worn out from working the hard ground, represents a man who is sinful, who God said is a curse to us because of our sin, are going to have to be forced to labor and work the hard ground. And so the farmer represents a sinner who is living a life in sin, just like you and I. But getting tired of living the life of working the hard ground, when he goes to the co-op, when he's exposed to a shovel, he says to himself, this shovel is life-changing. This shovel is great. This shovel can break through the hard ground. Now, the shovel represents the gospel of Jesus Christ. That when we are exposed to it and we hear it, and we see the hardness of sin in our life, and we hear the gospel and we say, Wow, 
This is something that's beautiful. It can break through all of this sin in my life. Upon obtaining this shovel, uh, the farmer says, look, I need to, uh, he went ahead and he obtained some seed and a water hose and some fertilizer. And the seed represents the seed that's planted in us when we are in Jesus Christ. A seed that will grow and produce fruit uh, more so than we could have ever imagined. The water hose represents the Holy Spirit, which is living water that is always flowing in us, that is running through us so that God can work in us. And the fertilizer is studying God God's Word. It's the Bible. It's God's Word in us that we continue to eat and soak up and grow all the time. And when we come to Jesus Christ and we, we, we begin to grow in Him, we're a new creation and we receive the Holy Spirit and we grow in His Word, we are anxious to go back on our way and continue with our lives. Now, some of you are saying, I would have never got that from that parable that you just said. Well, then you're right. Now you understand what the people of Jesus' day felt like. They heard this, this, this farming uh, comparison that Jesus made, but they didn't get it no more than you got what I just told you. Now, upon me saying it to you, some of you may say, well, that's a horrible parable. I didn't make any sense. You just, you're, not, you're not good at that at all. Well, you're right. I'm not good at it. But Jesus was perfect at it. And even Jesus telling this parable in a perfect way, using the perfect illustration, the people still didn't get it. So the scene is set for us by Mark here. The scene is that as the crowd begins to gather, Jesus gets into a boat, and as the crowd is facing the sea, and Jesus is in the boat, Jesus begins to preach and teach to them. And so he says, listen and consider the sower. Now he goes through and explains different kinds of seeds fall on different kinds of ground, and they either don't grow or they get scorched or they get choked out, or they do grow and they produce lots of fruit. And now it's a pretty, pretty short little parable here. And as I said, we're not breaking down this parable today. You'll have to come back next week if you want to see Jesus' explanation or you can just read ahead. But we'll talk about that more next week. So he explains or he, he shares this story with his hearers and then they're not sure what to make of this story that they have just heard. And so in verse 10, in verse 10, when he was alone with the twelve, those who were around him asked him about the parables. They asked him about the parables because they didn't understand the parables. The twelve were there. There were obviously others there, it would appear, but they did not understand what Jesus was talking about. Now, we have a parallel of this story in Matthew uh, chapter 13. Now, if you want to flip there in just a little bit, we're going to go to that parable because uh, Matthew's account, I believe, is going to shed some valuable light on us understanding this account because there's some things here in this account of Mark's where Mark doesn't really elaborate on details. We've seen that through these first three chapters. Mark usually gets to the point. He usually makes things very concise. He doesn't elaborate and give every detail to every story. Now, thankfully, we have other gospel accounts of some of these same events that fill in the gaps. Now, sometimes with some of these parables or stories that we read, we have to look at the other gospel writers' accounts to be able to fill in the dots to get a proper understanding. That's a good tip for you. If you're ever reading, and particularly in the gospel accounts, and you see something and you don't understand what it means, see if there is a parallel version of that same account in one of the other books. Most of the time, you will find it at least in one other book. 
and there will be different details that are usually shown. Then when you put the two together, you may have a better idea and understanding of what it means. That's a, that's a good tip. And, and thankfully, we have four accounts of Jesus' ministry that help us to fill in uh, these different gaps. And so here in Mark's account, we are not giving many details. Now, it's, it's, it's almost certain that Mark's account and Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 13 is the same event. Because the events that this follows in Mark chapter 4, it follows the events of chapter 3 about Jesus being demon-possessed and his family coming to him. Uh, Some of you probably remember that from the last few weeks. Well, this this same story that we're reading today about the parable of the sower in Matthew 13 occurs right after some of these same events that we read in Mark chapter 3. So it's almost certainly the same period of time and the same event that's taking place. Now, in Matthew's event, it's the disciples who ask Jesus about the parable. Here, it says the disciples are there, but it also says those who were around him ask him about the parables. Now, it could be that there were other people other than the disciples. There were others who had gathered around. That's not uncommon, as we've seen this far in Mark and Jesus' ministry. It could be that Mark is referring to the twelve who were around who are asking the question. Regardless, the point is that there are those who are there that hear this parable and while not fully understanding it, know that there's something there. It's just like looking at the picture book. You see that there's a big blob and you know that there's something there and you want to see it but you just can't see it. (coughs) Excuse me. Now no doubt some who heard Jesus' teaching went on about their way. They heard this parable, they went on about their way, and they probably didn't think anything about it. But there were at least a few that heard this parable and being around Jesus were questioning him about the parable because they did not understand what it meant. But they knew it meant something because they knew who Jesus was. They believed who Jesus was, they trusted who Jesus was, and they knew that if Jesus was uttering these words that he wasn't just rambling. He was making a point. He was speaking something that was of some significance. When he was alone with the twelve, those who were around him asked him about the parables. He answered them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside, everything comes in parables. Now, he could simply be speaking of those who were gathered around him, those in his inner circle or those who were with him wherever he was as this was occurring. And he's saying, look, these things have have, have been uh, revealed to you. The kingdom of God or the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those who are outside, everything comes in parables. So he's saying those who were with him, those who were inquiring, the kingdom of God had been given to them. Why had the kingdom of God been given to them? Well, because they were seeking the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, is what Jesus said. And that's exactly what they were doing. They were seeking the kingdom of God. And as a result of them seeking, well, good news. Jesus is going to explain the parable to them. He's going to help them to see God in this parable, to see the spiritual connection between the sower and and, and, and sowing uh, plants and seeds in real life and uh, between our spiritual lives. So he says, look, for you, the secret of the kingdom of God has been revealed. You get it. But to those outside, everything comes in parables. Now, to those outside could mean 
those outside of the area where they were, those who weren't seeking him. He could be saying that those, uh, those who are inside, so to speak, are those who are indeed part of the kingdom of God, those who are seeking the Lord. They're already part of the kingdom of God. That is, they're in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God had come near, and they had entered into the kingdom of God. And Jesus may be saying, because you've entered into, these secrets are being revealed to you. But to those outside, that is, those outside of the kingdom of God, well, these things are not being revealed to them. Now, this next verse gives us a little, little, little reason to, to kind of pause for a second and wonder exactly what Jesus means. Because he says in verse 12, Why are these things uh, hit, uh, given to those who are outside in parables? Why are, why are these things given? So that they may look, yet not perceive. They may listen and listen, yet not understand. So this seems kind of counterintuitive. Did not Jesus want people to understand the message of the kingdom of God? I mean, sure, he, surely he had to have wanted people to understand the message of the kingdom of God. And so why in the world would it be hidden to them? Why would Jesus say, <clears throat> the reason I speak in parables is so that those who are outside will look and look, and they will never perceive, and they will listen and listen, and they will never understand. Now, at first glance, it may look to us like Jesus is saying, I'm trying to hide the kingdom of God from some people. I'm trying to make it difficult so they won't see it, so it'll pass them on by. But that really doesn't fit Jesus' character. Although we may, we may think that for, for a brief second, or maybe for a long time. Maybe you've thought that for years if you've read this verse, because that does kind of seem what it sounds like at first glance that Jesus is saying, this is why I speak in parables, so that they'll look and they won't see me, so that they'll hear and they'll never understand anything. I don't want them to come into the kingdom. That's what it may seem like Jesus is saying. Because, he says, if they were able to understand and perceive, then they would enter the kingdom. He says, otherwise they might turn back and be forgiven. Now, I give them these parables, and they look and look, but they're not going to perceive. They listen and listen, and they don't understand. Otherwise, they would turn back and be forgiven. Now, at first glance, with this little brief, uh, brief little bit that Mark gives us here, it may be natural and easy for us to say, well, it sounds like Jesus is trying to hide the kingdom of God from these people, that he doesn't want them to turn back and be forgiven, that he's saying, I don't want them to see I don't want them to hear. I don't want them to understand. Otherwise, they'd turn back and be forgiven. I don't want them to be forgiven. Now, that's what it may look like at first glance. And if we were just reading Mark's account here, we may be left kind of scratching our head. Now, even if we look at Mark's account alone, it's pretty clear that that's not what Jesus means. If we only had that one scripture of all of Jesus said in the, in the Bible, then we may would come to that conclusion. Thankfully, we have a whole Bible full of scriptures about Jesus and the New Testament that talks about Jesus. And we know that that's not Jesus' desire. Jesus didn't desire to hide the kingdom of God from anybody. He came so that they would enter into the kingdom of God, so that when it came near, when he came by, when he was healing, when he was driving out demons, when he was preaching, when he was doing all these things, he brought the kingdom of God near so they could enter into the kingdom of God. He wasn't playing favorites. He wasn't trying to keep one person in and another person out. He wasn't trying to be uh, deceitful and, and hide the kingdom from them. But the kingdom was hidden from some. 
But it was not because of anything that Jesus did. Now, <clears throat> here's where Mark, or excuse me, where Matthew chapter 13 uh, plays an important role here for us. If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 13, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13, we'll kind of go through the whole account again. We'll start in verse 10, Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Some of these things are very similar to what we just read in Mark. But Matthew gives us much more detail about what Jesus said here. And that helps us to understand what Jesus is saying when he's talking about those looking and not perceiving and hearing and not understanding. Jesus elaborates, or, or let me rephrase that, Matthew elaborates more on what Jesus said than Mark did. Matthew 13 verse 10. Then the disciples came up and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered them, Because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. Now, he says here the kingdom of heaven. That's uh, the same thing as the kingdom of God. So it's the same type of language, the same idea that's being given. Then Jesus goes on to say in verse 12, For whoever has, more will be given and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, what I believe that Jesus is saying in this passage when he says, for whoever has, more will be given, I believe Jesus is talking about those who are part of the kingdom, or those who are seeking him, those who desire to find him. They have a little bit in their life. That is, a little bit of God in their life, a little bit of desire in their life, a little bit of, of want to know God, to seek God, to live for God, to be obedient to God. They want God in their life, and they have a little. They have that in them, that desire. They have that little bit of desire to seek God and to know Him more and to hear what Jesus has to say. Now, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe that whoever, uh, for whoever has more, excuse me, for whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. That is, those of us who, who are really seeking the Lord and desire him, we have that little desire in us, even if we don't understand everything we read and everything we see about the Lord, well, if we keep seeking, like the disciples were and those who were around Jesus, guess what? That little bit of a desire we had, God will bless that and He will give us more and more and He will fill us with insight and understanding. And we will be able to perceive and understand His Word. So if we have a little bit of desire for the Lord and want to seek Him and serve Him, then praise the Lord. More will be given to us. More understanding, more perception will be given to us. But whoever does not have... That is, does not desire to seek the Lord, doesn't care about the Lord, doesn't want to hear what Jesus has to say, doesn't want to understand God's Word, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now, many of the people who were accusing Jesus of being a demon are just completely writing him off. Uh, they did not have anything, but whoever does not have, Jesus was saying, these people do not have anything. But even what he has will be taken away. Now these people who were rejecting Jesus and were making these false claims against Jesus, they thought they had a lot because they had religion. And they thought they were really holy. They thought they had a lot. But Jesus says 
They really don't have anything, and whatever they have or whatever they think they have is going to be taken away. It's not going to do them any good. Now, I believe that that's what Jesus is saying here in the context of what's taking place. And I believe he elaborates on that even more in the following verses, in verse 13. For this reason I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. Now, again, this is very similar to what we just read in Mark. Now, what Jesus is doing here, and in, and in Mark, is he's, he's about to quote Isaiah. And, he, and, and Matthew spells that out for us here in this passage in the next verse. That these things that Jesus is saying, this is from the Old Testament. This is something from what we call the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah. And he's simply quoting something that Isaiah said, and he's applying it to this parable and to this group of people. In verse 14, Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them. That is, those who are not perceiving, those who are not searching, those who are not seeking, those who are just totally missing the point of these parables and missing Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You will listen and listen, yet never understand. And you will look and look, yet never perceive. Now, again, the same thing that we see in Mark, almost word for word. But... In the next verse, we have some clarity as to why they look and look and don't uh, perceive and listen and listen and don't understand. It's not that Jesus is trying to hide the kingdom from them. It's not that he's trying to keep it a secret and slip it on in there. But he tells us why Jesus does in the next verse as to why they can't see and why they can't hear and understand these parables and all the other things Jesus is saying. In verse 15, for this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. Why can't they hear? Well, it's the hardness of their heart. They have hardened their heart toward the Lord. They're not willing to listen to the Lord. They're not willing to listen to the Son of God. They're not willing to try to understand and accept the, what the Scriptures say. They're not willing to understand what Jesus is saying. Their hearts have hardened. They don't see why. Who does Jesus say has shut their eyes? He says that they have shut their own eyes. The reason why the people that were hearing these parables did not perceive and understand them is because their hearts were hard and their eyes were closed by their own accord. Not that God didn't desire for them to hear, but because they had chosen to reject the Lord and live in sin and not listen to God's Word, both that of what we call the Old Testament and the Word of God through Jesus Christ, because they had chosen to harden their hearts and to shut their eyes and their ears to these things, that's why they didn't perceive. That's why they look and look and do not perceive. That's why they hear and hear and do not understand. Not that God has desired to hide things from them, but they have missed it because they have shut their eyes to the very message that Jesus Christ was trying to preach to them. Otherwise, Jesus says, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their heart and turn back, and I would cure them. So this is a little different wording of what Mark said. But in Matthew's version here, the wording helps us to know for sure. Jesus says, yeah, they have closed their eyes and hardened their heart, 
Otherwise, if they hadn't hardened their heart, if their eyes weren't closed, if they would open their eyes, they would see, they would understand, they would seek me, and it would make sense to them. They would get it. I would reveal it to them. God would reveal it to them if they would open their eyes, if they would turn back. If they would come to me and see these things and seek me, they would understand me. They would understand these things. They would turn back, and Jesus says, and I would cure them. Jesus wants to cure them. He wants to heal them from the sickness that is sin. And guess what? Jesus wants to heal us too. He wants to heal us from the sickness that is sin. He wants us to turn to Him. He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to read His Word and say, All right, God, I believe that this is Your Word. I believe that this is truth. God, help me just to eat it up. Help me to get it. Help me to see Your love. Help me to see Your grace. Help me to see Your correction. Help me to see Your encouragement. Help me to see these things in Your Word, God. I'm seeking You because I believe that this is true. I believe that Jesus is Your Son. I believe He died on the cross. And God, I want to draw near to You. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to seek Him, and when we do, we will find Him. That's what Jesus wanted the people of His day to do, was to listen to what God was saying in His Word, to listen to what Jesus was saying, and the people put those things together and say, all right, I believe this is of God, I want to get it. And I don't get it. I don't understand what planting seeds on different types of soil got to do with anything, but Jesus helped me to get it, because I know there's something there. Now, some of you have probably prayed that prayer before in reading God's Word. I know I have. I'll read something and I'll say, God, I don't get this. I've read it for years. I'll read it time and time again. I'll say, God, I don't get this. It don't make sense to me. But I keep seeking the Lord. And some of those things He reveals and makes clear to me. And some of those things I'm still scratching my head saying, I'm not really sure what that means. But God, I still trust You just the same. I know it's Your Word. I know it's true. And I know it's right. And even if I don't understand it, God, I still trust you, and I'm seeking you, and I want to understand it. That's what Jesus desires of us. That's what the Lord wants us to do. The people that heard the parable of the sower didn't understand it. They came to Jesus, and he began to explain it to them in the verses that will follow that we will look at last week. But had they not come to Jesus to seek the answer, guess what? They would not have gotten the answer. Now, Jesus knows that we're kind of slow. He gets that. He knows that we're not perfect. He knows that we don't understand everything perfectly. And so through the Holy Spirit and through His words and through our prayers to God, He will help us to be able to understand His word more and more, I believe, as we grow. Now, whether we ever, any of us, get to a point where we understand it fully, I don't know that that will ever occur. Maybe it will. I'm not going to say what God can or can't reveal to us. But I believe that God does continue to help us grow in Him if we continue to seek him. The problem with these people who were missing the parables is not that they were hidden, but they didn't care enough to seek the Lord to understand what Jesus was saying. They didn't care to follow him. They simply heard what he said, and regardless of what he had said or what he had done, there were some who were not going to follow him. Why? Because their hearts were hard and their eyes were shut. Otherwise, Jesus said, I would cure them if they would come to me. Now, there's nothing, I mean nothing, that Jesus could have done that would have convinced the people that He was the Son of God. If you read through the miracles that Jesus did and the way that He lived His life, 
based on the four gospel accounts we have. If you're not going to believe in Jesus based on what God's Word says of what Jesus did, you're not going to believe in Jesus. Some of you are saying, well, if I could see, I want to see. If I could see, I would believe. No, you wouldn't. All of these people that saw what Jesus did in, in the New Testament in the Gospel accounts, they saw the miracles. They saw the demons driven out. They saw the way Jesus loved people. They saw all of these things. And guess what they did? They nailed Him to a cross saying, if you show us a sign, we'll believe you. No, they won't. We have all the proof that we need. We're either going to believe and trust who Jesus is, and we are going to seek Him, and we're going to grow in Him, and we're going to trust Him and put our faith in Him, or we're not. There is no more proof that can be given other than the proof that we have, and that proof is enough for me. And I hope that it's enough for each one of you. But there could be some in this room that fall in that same category that Jesus was talking about, whose hearts are hard. Yeah, you've heard about Jesus. You've heard what He did. You've heard what He said. Maybe at this church. Maybe in Sunday school. Maybe at another church. Maybe on your radio. But you've never put your faith in it because your heart is hard. You've shut your eyes. You don't want to see. You don't want to hear. Maybe you're content with where you are. Maybe you think you're good and you've got it all. You've got it figured out. But if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. And Jesus says, those who, don't, who do not have, even what they have will be taken away. But those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, it will never be taken away. It'll be eternal. It's eternal faith. It's eternal trust. It's eternal grace that we receive from putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Those of you who have put your faith in Jesus Christ today have received exactly what Jesus said. He has cured us. He has healed us. He has washed, <coughs> washed us of our sins. He has made us clean with His precious blood, and we are made as white as snow. And that's what Jesus desired to do to these people, and that's what He desires to do to you. He desires for you to hear His words and say, Okay, God, I want to seek You. I desire to know what they mean. I desire to know You, Lord Jesus. I want to follow You, Lord Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in You, Lord Jesus, and I want to be cured by You. I want to be healed by You. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 16, but your eyes are blessed because they do see, and your ears because they do hear. And Jesus says there are some that didn't see and didn't hear. And they're not going to be cured. They're not going to be blessed. But Jesus says to this group that's here that's seeking Him, that's saying, Lord Jesus, we want to understand. Jesus says of them, but your eyes are blessed because they do see, and your ears because they do hear. Now, those of you in this room today have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, boy, that, that, that statement is true for you. You are blessed because you get it. You've seen. You've seen God's Word. You've heard God's Word. You know who Jesus is and you trust who Jesus is. But there may be some of you here this morning. And maybe your heart is hard. And maybe you've closed your eyes off to the Lord. And maybe you've closed your ears off to the Lord for a long time. But maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit is convicting you today. Maybe the Holy Spirit is nudging you. Maybe He's getting your attention and, and, and convicting you. And you're feeling like, yeah, I'm, I might be in that group. I've heard of Jesus, but maybe you realize today you've never followed Jesus or trusted Jesus. And that's what God wants us to do. 
He wants us to put our faith in Jesus Christ, to serve and to follow Him, to love Him and to love others like He loved others, to be faithful to Him, to tell others the good news, to tell others that we are sinners, but we found the Savior. And let me show you the Savior. Let me tell you who the Savior is. It's Jesus Christ. Let me open your eyes, open your ears, hear what I have to say. Know what Jesus said is truth. Listen to the words of Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus and know that He died on a cross for you. And if you do that, you will be blessed. And if you don't do that, if you continue to be hardened to God and you continue to close your eye to God, boy, that's going to be a bad day when you stand before the Lord. That's going to be a bad day when you have to stand before the Lord and answer for your sin and all you've done, but you don't have to because Jesus paid it all. He gave His life on a cross so that you could be forgiven if you put your faith and trust in Him. Let us not be those today. Let us not be those who are blind and deaf to the Word of God. God is not trying to block the kingdom from the people in these verses. He's trying to get them to enter into the kingdom. And God is not trying to block you from the kingdom today. He wants you to enter into the kingdom. If you're not in the kingdom, it's not because God is keeping you out. It's because you're keeping yourself out. Let us not be those who are blind and deaf and miss the kingdom when it comes near. But let us be those that can be called blessed. That when we see the kingdom of God that is in Jesus Christ, our King, when the kingdom comes near, when we hear God's word, when we read God's word, let us be those who repent and enter into the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and I thank you for these words. And God, I pray that nobody misses your kingdom today, dear Lord. I pray that they get it. I pray that they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe uh, all these years they've heard your word and it's been preached to them and they've read it and they've just missed it, dear Lord. It's right there in plain sight and they've overlooked the truth. They've overlooked Jesus. They've overlooked His promises. They've overlooked His grace. They've overlooked His forgiveness, dear Lord. And I pray, God, that if they've been blinded to it, I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict them today, that their eyes are open and their ears are open, and the day they heard of Jesus Christ, they know He's your Son, they know He died on a cross for them, and God, I pray that they would come to Him and put their faith in Him for the forgiveness of their sins, dear Lord. God, I pray that if there is one in this room that's been blind, God, that you break the hardness of their heart and take the scales off of their eyes, dear Lord, so they can see. God, I pray for those in this room that have put their faith and trust in you. I pray that we would walk in obedience to you, dear Lord. That we would know that we are blessed by, by knowing your truth. And that we would continue to seek it, dear Lord. That we would seek your word. That we would eat it up. That we would live on it. That we would think about it. That we would tuck it in our heart. That we would recall it in times that we need it, dear Lord. And I pray that you help us to grow in you. And to continue to seek you. And to continue to grow in you in all of our life, dear Lord. As you desire for us to do. Let us be like this group that came to Jesus today. Saying, Lord Jesus, I don't always get it. I don't get how you love how you do. I don't get some of the things you said, dear Lord Jesus, but I trust you and I want to get it and I want to be like you. Dear Lord, I pray that for all who have put their faith in Jesus today, that that would be our prayer and that would be our desire. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.